everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to I'm 40% Podcast. Woo! With me, as always, is the L.A. Zaddy King, um, hmm. Nick Sahoya. That's the end? That's the yeah. whole thing? Zaddy Th- King. Thank you. Great. How are you? Who smells bad? Um, I, brought, I do. I, I didn't have time to take a shower. It's been a very busy day. I just got back into the country. your excuse? You just got back into the country from where? I told you this like six times this week, and it makes me mad that you don't know where I was. I know you were out of the country. I don't know where. Good though, job. Because a lot of that was in group threads. Okay, this is a separate conversation. Really I want to say right off the bat. Sometimes <laughs> I want to say right off the bat because I forgot to tell you this, Jinx. You heard a, a slightly different variation on our theme song today. That was a remix by So Lately. I was supposed to uh, put it on last week's episode, but I forgot. Uh, sorry, Sky. But past <laughs> guests of the show, Sky, did that remix for us. And uh, there might be another remix later. We'll see. Um, yeah. Oh, and um, yes, we have a wonderful guest. So I'm sorry. Yes, Take it do. away, Mom. Yes, our guest today, if you listen to the Hijinks podcast, you may already be familiar with our guest who's a star, an entrepreneur, star of many studio porn sites, as well as the proprietor and star of PegHim.com. Today he's with us in leopard print pajamas coming live from L.A. It's Michael Vegas. (laughs) And um, Michael is, of course, part of um, the porn star power couple, Michael Vegas and Susie Q. They run their website together. And I unabashedly refer to them as my coolest friends in L.A. Ah. How are you doing today, Michael? Oh, I'm doing (laughs) so good, especially with an intro like that. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice... It's a nice rainy overcast day here in LA. It's perfect. It's a little muggy, isn't it? Yeah. I was sweating. Sultry, would you say? I was walking turtle and I was sweating. (laughs) Rainforest vibes in the backyard. It's cool. (laughs) Michael, um, you are unlike many of our guests in the fact that you have actually seen Futurama. (laughs) It was one of the best shows on TV. It yeah, tell us a little so bit good. about your relationship to Futurama. How did it come into your life? Where are you at with it today? <laughs> like the rest of us, I started with The Simpsons, and mm. and there was just so little other, more adult-themed animated content out there that wasn't Looney Tunes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, it really... It was a whole other world. It wasn't more Simpsons. It was it was Futurama. It was incredible. And so it was so fun, but it also it didn't take itself serious in the same way that the Simpsons did. I felt like there was a whole other set of rules that people were playing by and like <laughs> I think I think the the large cast of characters made it such a rich world, but it, it's also like like, like the people reason people like friends is because they all have their individual relationships with one another. Oh, oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> I love Futurama. Yay! It's a very some, good some show. verb for Futurama. Great. Yeah, for real. We've had a few people who don't know anything about the show this season, so it's nice <laughs> to have some fans back to back. 
Well, they yeah. have certainly missed out. You know, I think one of my favorite things that was just kind of like a Easter egg for fans that I noticed when I started watching the new season that came out is on the the final episode of season ten. They said "Avenge us" or something like that, like in the credits. <laughs> and the very first thing it says, "We have been avenged." It's like, yeah. yes. <laughs> We love so a callback, good. and there's quite a few of those in this episode that I cannot wait to talk about. They love planting seeds. <laughs> kind of like Nick. No, no. <laughs> um, should, uh, this is a dense episode, so I think we should just get in and, and we can learn about sure. Michael as we go. Um, <laughs> is that okay? Yes, slide yes, on into absolutely. Christmas. Absolutely. I just don't want to... I have a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in this. Yeah, so. I'm going to be honest. You're going to have to take the lead with this one. I don't know why I have such an aversion to Christmas episodes. And this was a Christmas episode plus a time paradox. My brain was like, what? <laughs> why are you doing this to me? There's definitely a part in this where Professor Farnsworth goes, and that means... There was a part like... in the middle where it went off the rails, but hot take, I think maybe it's a recency bias. I think this might be my favorite Christmas episode because oh. it just went so sci-fi and sort of <laughs> leaned away from let's make jokes about Christmas. Do you know, it is my favorite Christmas episode. Um, I have an aversion to the Christmas episodes, but I really liked this one, even though it made my brain hurt. But um, nothing will ever be worse than that song about, um, <laughs> what's his name? When it was one of the movie specials. What are you doing? A, just f- they were say, doing add Christ- some <laughs> nouns to this. You're just being the... <laughs> You disappeared. You're the vaguest person in the world. When, when Leela falls in love with the guy who turns out to be Fry from the past and the future. Sure, yes. yeah, that's not my favorite. And they all sing that song. Oh, is it the one that goes... <laughs> doop, 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 doop. Is um, it that one? He thinks I'm dreamy. Shut the hell up. It's like... Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. No, they like... They, um... They write really good songs on this show, and it felt like they rolled some dice and let an AI <laughs> write that one. Let's get let's get into this episode. The episode is called I stu- I no wait. It's called I Know What You Did Last Xmas. Original air date no, August. Tw- I know what you did next Xmas. Oh fuck. Okay, I know what you did <laughs> next Xmas. <laughs> uh, original air date August twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Um. Okay, I want to say, Jinx and I, I, my, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast, Michael, but this season we've had some conspiracy theories about these sounds that are playing before the show starts, that they're like part of some big narrative. I, I think we were wrong because this one's just Christmas sounds. So I think, I think it's nothing. It, we don't know yet. I, I think it's nothing. Um, we're still deciphering <laughs> the code. Well, okay, I could be wrong. What if it's a cosmic tone that's being... I mean, they did that before. It was Simon, right? (laughs) It was Simon in space. Yeah, (laughs) V-Jiny. We have a Chiron. (laughs) We have a Chiron. It says, Hive Mind says relax. And I think this one's good, simple, funny. We've had some kind of convoluted ones the last couple weeks. I give this four Chirons out of a possible five Chirons. Michael, thoughts on this Chiron? 
you know, this this wasn't my favorite Christmas episode <laughs> one. I felt like it didn't really, it wasn't like going anywhere. It all kind of went in a loop, which is what... Oh, the whole episode? It, the whole episode. is. is no, 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 no. Oh, right now we're, we're just, just getting, rating we're, we're the, the Chiron at the beginning. We, oh, we got to rate the Chiron. The beginning. Jeez. <laughs> what was it again, Nick? Hive mind, mind says, says relax. relax. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely. Four, <laughs> four out of five. <laughs> four out of five. I give mom. it, I'm going to be a bitch and just say, I give it a three. And that I makes me no feel reason. angry. <laughs> we <Cool>. start the <laughs> episode. <laughs> Amy is holding her baby up on the Xmas tree and they're putting a hypnotoad up there. I love um, Hypnotoad so much. Oh, he's the best. I love how, I could watch him all day. <laughs> but here's the thing that I don't understand about Hypnotoad is how do they ever pull away from watching Hypnotoad? Once they watch Hypnotoad, I guess it only airs for a certain amount of time. Yeah. I mean, right, does even, that mean they're just stuck for the length of Hypnotoad? Like even a toad has to like lick his own eye or like go to sleep at <laughs> some point in time. Maybe that like broken eye contact lets yeah, people maybe. go for a minute. That's like a yeah. Well, we also know canonically there are better seasons of Hypnotoad than other seasons of <laughs> Hypnotoad. <laughs> so maybe his effects are wearing off as this, uh, <laughs> this show has gone downhill. <laughs> um, Kiff is uh, decorating the bottom of the tree. Bender is uh, laying by the fireplace and he's uh, coloring with markers, just laying on his tummy. And I really like when Bender acts like a kid for some reason. It's funny. <laughs> and we get the usual Xmas episode fake out of. Professor saying, hey, it's Xmas. We're all here together. Secure the perimeter. And then they all have to <laughs> prepare for Santa. Luckily, we've already done the original Santa bot episode. So everybody listening knows about the future version of Santa, yeah, which if is an you're, evil if, robot If Santa. you're only watching Futurama in correlation to this podcast, <laughs> luckily you won't be in the dark for this episode. And as far as little Christmas jokes, I did laugh at the uh, razor wire with uh, Christmas lights on it and the sort of gingerbread armor that goes around (laughs) (laughs) the entire Planet Express building. And then a gumdrop like punches an owl, which really made me laugh. I like the the concept of hiding your headquarters as a gingerbread house. It's very festive. Fuck this place. It's just gingerbread. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's like, do you think it just looks like gingerbread? But it's actually metal, or is it actual no, I gingerbread? I think it might actually be gingerbread. Santa would never touch that shit. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like with all the run-ins they've had with Santa, almost annually throughout their lives. Um, yes, every year, as we see in the dealt cartoon with later. Santa a few times. I just wish they could come to a resolution with fucking Santa. I thought they did at the end of this episode, and then they kind of backed out of it, huh? Cowards. <laughs> Cowards. Leave Santa dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, we are down in the Planet Express, they're all hunkering down, and they're going through their stockings, and Bender's stocking is just a big metal boot, and there's a card in there that says, I know what you did next Xmas. Uh, 
I love it. It made me laugh so hard. I love mixed use of verb tenses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. Just for everything. It's really like, what? <laughs> well, let me ask just big question, because I think we have to touch on this at least once. Has everyone in the room seen the movie I Know What You Did Last Summer? And if so, do you like it? It's been it's... ages, and I remember wishing it was Scream. <laughs> it's not as good as Scream, but I do really like the first one. The second one is the most preposterous movie I've ever seen, and everyone should yeah. watch it. <laughs> I have never seen it, but it's one of those movies that has been <gasps> Mom, spoofed you would like so it. much that I... It's been spoofed and parried. Quite a bit of it and... is in Scary Movie 1, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I know... I know the movie without having seen it. Everyone should watch it. It's a really good one. And then everyone should watch the sequel, which, like I said, is one of the worst sequels ever. (laughs) I can't get into it, but I'll just one nugget. Jack Black is in it. He plays a white Rastafarian guy. Moving on. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Everyone needs to go watch that movie. Uh, Fry watches an animated holiday special with Amy and Kit's children, and he says, "I love having other kids around." I liked, yes, I I loved that, and I liked this vehicle for explaining because we know there might be newcomers with this season who don't know that Santa Robot Santa is evil. So I liked this kids special explaining the origins of Santa. It's it's always good to have a refresher, and to, to see I liked it from the an animation within the animation. You know, <laughs> it was like slightly different, so you knew they were watching a cartoon or maybe stop motion. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was like... a cartoon. They would have went for it if it was stop motion. They would have just done the stop motion, don't you think? Probably. I think it's cartoon. Okay, it was a cartoon. <laughs> but it was kind of shaded different. The voice <laughs> it, of reason. <laughs> it was shaded different, remember. and people's heads are shaped different. So yeah, I guess cartoon, cartoon. Great. <laughs> um, yeah. We get... Really, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Michael. Take it before I I was going to say, I really like the concept of like this family getting together and hunkering down to watch, like, yay, animated Christmas special. Everything keeps coming <laughs> back to this, like... Yay, it's a Christmas special. And it leads just right into like one of my favorite jokes in yeah. the show. It's it's <laughs> meta because they're watching a Christmas special as are we. Yes, yes. Um, the, the Christmas special is Hanukkah Zombie and Kwanzaabot, beloved characters from Futurama Past. And just to address it uh, right uh, off the bat, I believe this is perhaps the final uh, voice recording of Coolio um, because he passed last year. Yeah. And uh, they do a nice tribute for him at the end. Uh, I always yeah. liked Kwanzaabot. I think he's funny and he has a rap in one of them that I, I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Hanukkah Zombie ain't too bad either. He's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hanukkah Zombie. I love these yeah. two both, but obviously R.I.P. Coolio. I totally wanted to see the Hanukkah Zombie and and uh, Kwanzaabot <laughs> have their own special. Yeah, they were trying so hard for it, but the kids were just like, "No, shut up, eat Christianity." Oh, that was very funny. <laughs> they were like, "Talk to us about Santa," and then Kwanzaa and uh, Hanukkah Zombie literally throwed their traditions into a garbage can <laughs> and start talking about Santa, <laughs> which is very indicative of the way the U.S. media treats Christmas oh, traditions. God, it <laughs> yes. was so satisfying to see that, just because, like, it's just. They're so good at putting it right in people's faces as to like how other people's yeah. traditions are treated. 
it's like the, <laughs> I love heavy-handed satire, and I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but like I, I don't know. I like deft sat- satire just as much as I love ham-fisted satire. Yeah, and I think um, I love to be ham-fisted. <laughs> And you can see all that and more at peghim.com. Lots of ham there. (laughs) So, uh, as we mentioned, the uh, animated special tells the story of the origins of the evil Santa Claus. Momco made him and he went evil and now he just tries to kill everyone because he thinks they're all naughty. And it ends with him gunning down, like, eager families waiting for him. And back uh, in Planet Express, uh, Kiff covers all of his kids' eyes to hide the violence from them. And uh, Amy covers Kiff's eyes, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, this is one of my favorite lines, I never wanted you to know that Santa is real. Yes. (laughs) A great... A great flip uh, of. I love that of... line so much. <laughs> uh, it's like you know, we, in America, this like tradition of trying to keep <laughs> this this fake character alive, this Coca Cola invention alive. <laughs> we we try so hard as a society, and now like trying as a society to make you think that this horrific thing isn't real. Yeah, giving a kid a few years of ignorant bliss before, like, explaining that the horrifying Christmas tales of evil Santa are not just a ghosty bedtime story. They are the reality. And now that you're an adult or older now, you have to suit up for battle every year. This dystopian future in a lighthearted cartoon. I just, I love it. I love also, I love taking a horror angle for Christmas. Yeah. Have you seen Black Christmas? I watched it for the first time last year. It is genuinely very scary. And I would recommend Ooh. people watch it if they want a, a little spooky time during the Christmas season. <laughs> yes. I'll watch it. But is it anything like those? I mean, I've only seen previews Andrea for these Martin movies. Andrea Martin is in it. She's like 20 I years old. I Andrea Martin. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> but like, there's so many horror movies where it's like Santa on a murderous No, rampage. no. This was, this was actually one of the... A lot of people credit it as the original slasher movie because it came out like two years before Halloween. Halloween is essentially oh, wow. a Black Christmas ripoff, <gasps> even though it's much better. Sorry, Black Christmas. Uh, sorry, the professor, Miss Martin. <laughs> sorry, Andrea Martin. Come on the show, Mom. In all your travels, have you met Andrea Martin? Can you please yes! send her an email? <laughs> I have met her. It was ages ago. I want to talk to Andrea lovely, Martin. I have lovely, so many questions. Lovely woman. Everything you'd want out of Andrea Martin. <laughs> I lent okay, her so a the shawl. Professor, <laughs> the professor comes in and he uh, announces that he wants to um, do something about the Santa problem. They have to, like, uh, stop him. And Leela says, how are we going to do that? Uh, Santa's always on guard and ready for attack, just like me. Hi-ya! And she, like, throws <laughs> Fry over her shoulder <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Maybe Fry was about to attack her. Maybe, you know, she would know. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And the professor says, no, 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 no. My plan is to go back in time. Um, And I was so relieved when his time machine came back. And it was the same time machine from like season eight or nine. 
because there was a <laughs> there was an episode with a time machine, and I'm glad they honored the canon. Yeah, and we have kind of a running gag this season where technology that the professor said was absolutely impossible <laughs> was very easily attainable and professor's just stupid because the time <laughs> he installed machine a manual <laughs> yeah, yeah explain well it, the time machine originally because of some because he didn't want to risk going back in time and having a repeat of fry being his own grandpa um he made a forward moving time machine that could only move forward. But the loophole was that they could move so far forward that the universe restarts itself. And we find out that in the Futurama universe, everything is completely cyclical. cyclical. <laughs> and everything just repeats itself, except everything's like one foot to the left. <laughs> and I was thinking of this because... There's this is so granular, but as long as we're doing a very nerdy feature of a podcast, there's a line in an early season where Fry is working at the cryogenic lab and he's like, Why did you freeze yourself? And the guy's like, Well, because I wanted to meet William Shakespeare and I thought time was cyclical. And Fry says, Nope, straight line. <laughs> nope, straight line. <laughs> and um, he was wrong. <laughs> Michael, thoughts yes. on time travel, just in general. <laughs> Oh, boy. Would you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> would you fuck yourself in the past? <laughs> I would. I mean, thoughts on God. In the past? Yeah. That's tough. I want to show nope, tw- I, young I Twink a, me a real good time. <laughs> I ate a lot of psychedelic mushrooms one time and realized you probably shouldn't mess with time travel. It just seems like mm. a way to get yourself in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Were you watching Back to the Future while you were on Mushrooms? Is that what you think that? (laughs) No, I was just sitting there contemplating, like, you know, actual projection and moving forward and back in time. And if, like, if if your mind is totally open and you're, like, trying to put yourself somewhere else, like, maybe you don't come back to the time that you're at. Or, like, maybe you come back wrong. And I was like, hey, you know, Michael, just... Just put it away. Don't think about it. Stop time I think you're I'm trying to something. time travel right now. Yeah. <sighs> Fortunately, I, um, I didn't. I think going forward, if you could go forward and then just go back to your your time, you could go forward in time, mess with stuff, and then go back. What? And there would be no consequences in your time. I guess that's true. <laughs> but wouldn't you know too much? You would know when you and all your friends die. I would go so far forward that that wouldn't be on my mind. <laughs> okay, we gotta let's talk about this. Uh, the, uh, so yeah, he goes back in time to uh, twenty eight oh one, and uh, I was already very excited because we see very little of the time between the future uh, and Fry's time. So I was excited to go back. <laughs> um, and it's just a well. First of all, it's funny because he he puts it in reverse and he runs over Mrs. McGilligatty's time cat. <laughs> It's really made me laugh. <laughs> uh, and then um, he goes back. I like that you get to see all the stuff along the way that is yes. has, like been going on and like reverse Big Bang. Yeah, we see some previous episodes. We see like uh, Amy's head on Fry or Fry's head on Amy's shoulder. We see some stuff like that. Um, and he goes back to twenty eight oh one, and because it's old and timey, it's two hundred years ago. They're all like flying. Ford Model T's or whatever. <laughs> like yeah, Model T spaceships. I love yeah. that they, they, they just took like 
all the time and like pasted it on top of space. <laughs> and, uh, very Star Wars. Very Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Planet Express, for some reason, is a uh, meatpacking factory of some sort. <laughs> well, everything used to be a meatpacking factory in New York, right? I think they said it was a meat market. A meat market, yeah. Yeah, where the... Uh, the meat packers would go to drain their sausages. Michael, did you write that one down? Definitely, Be honest. Uh, it felt like a brothel joke to me that didn't quite land in well, yeah, a way I, that I, made sense. I was curious about it, and I feel like the only reason I, they put the meat market joke in there is so they can hang Santa on the hook later. <laughs> okay, so it was a meat market, but they're heavily implying that it was a cruising spot, because it's the 80s. Oh. It's the 2080s. Yeah. No, it's not. Okay. It's the 2800s, you idiot. <laughs> and everything's like it's the 50s. Okay, so he... <laughs> professor gets out, he sees Santa, and this is like the first time Santa's going out and being Robot Santa. And he takes a penny... <laughs> Which has Hillary Clinton on it, which I thought was funny. And, oh my god, uh, I missed that. <laughs> and then turns the naughty nice dial on the back of Santa, making him attack. I don't know. He making fixes, him nice, making him, him nice. do what Santa's supposed to do, right? Yes. I totally missed that Hillary now, joke. He, now he <laughs> now this is this is huge. This is huge. Huge lore drop. Sure. I need the floor. But then I need a then I need a moment. Uh, I'm ready for some lore. We're gonna give me some lore. The lore is big, and I want to talk about it for a while. So say your little thing, Jinx. Oh my god. Okay, so they show. Oh. They show in the Christmas special that they watch within this Christmas special that his eyes are originally nice, like a smile, and then when he turns evil, they turn angry. Right. Okay. Right. Now he turns the not the dial to nice. But his eyes don't change, so we don't know when that he's That was artistic nice. license within the animated special jigs. I know, it's <laughs> so that the bit, bit at the end will work, but, like, they set up a logic, and then they didn't adhere to it, and it Wizard made it a little feel, confusing for me. No, I totally felt that, too, because the professor goes back and says, like, oh, my God, he was already nice, and I made him evil, but his eyes... Were Never already... changed. Yeah, that was the nice. animator of the animated special within the Futurama universe decided to animate the Santa that way. That is the explanation. Right. We're I moving on. That, I thought that maybe because he was sitting there eating cookies when this happened, that he was just like <laughs> angrily eating cookies. But then he started eating funny. the table too. So I was like, oh, I guess, I guess if you're evil Santa, you eat the table, not the. You cookies. eat the table, yeah. Okay. That was the beginning of all this, as we learn. Could you but imagine if the they thing. got Kelsey Grammer to come back we, to scream No, cookies. something so important <laughs> okay, happens. Okay, tell us. Ready. Something so important happens. He Lord. accidentally goes back in time instead of forward, so his only choice is to go all the way around. And this is full of little Easter eggs of the original time travel episode with this time machine. You basically see the events of that in reverse. There's a funny thing where you see Giant Bender smashing Planet Express, which is very interesting because that's supposed to be a what-if scenario. And I'm wondering if that tells us that the what-if scenarios actually do happen at some point in the future. So the what-if things... They take place in the future. place... In the distant future. Like, we learned that from this. I guess... 
if if in the thousands of years in the future from the Futurama future you see giant bender, then the what if scenarios play out at some point in the future. What if it's just a different giant bender because we don't know it if could be how would but Fry why would they sh- why would they show us this if it was just a different giant bender robot i don't i don't buy that for a second i'm not an idiot jinx maybe Michael. it's an alternate universe or, no well, it's not an alternate universe ask. it's back in time you're not paying attention to the episode michael go ahead so this this brought up time travel again for me. And like, is there? I thought he had to there, go forward. Let Michael talk. Is, is there a multiverse that exists in the Futurama universe? Because if you're time traveling, yes, you, like, because of the paradoxes. Yes. There's X, Y, and Z, right? And so if you think of time as not linear and not cyclical, but you have to explain it to being able to move left and right in time as well as forward and back, Tiny, or maybe possibly me. up and down in time. It's right? wibbly so wobbly and timey wimey. Space is just a point to delineate where you are, and time can equal distance as well. So then, like, can time can you like go left? I see what you're saying, and I think and it's so sort of like maybe, how in maybe they the were Loki team sideways through a time that was. I'm gonna allow this because in the Loki um, series, the button, we learn the button. What? <laughs> Which one? I'm going to allow this. Oh. Wait, it didn't work. I'm going to allow this. Leave it in, Camille. Uh, <laughs> I am going to allow this specifically because in the Loki TV show, we learned that the sacred timeline does contain multiple timelines is and is in fact a multiverse. It's just a controlled multiverse. So maybe that's what's going on here. As long as the only thing even that has to happen in the infinite timeline is that Fry and Leela will go Okay, uh, the much <laughs> more important lore drop is for two seconds we see disenchantment. Meaning, did you see this? No. I missed that. Disenchantment, you see Bean and Zog. <gasps> so disenchantment does not take place in the past. It takes place in the distant Futurama future. And that's oh, why it doesn't resemble our past. Ah, oh, and that's... Uh, 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 and we've seen before when they time travel that they in the year twenty five twenty five, if mankind yes. is even alive, we see that there's like a a, a medieval <gasps> period. That's, that's it. That's disenchantment. Ah! Oh. You guys, Huge. you gotta map this out. <laughs> uh, we just we just if true. we just found out that they exist in the same universe yes. too. Now, just to put a pin in this, I want to ask a question because I don't remember the Futurama um, Simpsons crossover that well. Is that established that those are different universes and that's why the Simpsons are yellow? Ooh, I, I think it, Does anyone remember I that? Think, I think there's some, they say something about them being yellow because of the nuclear plant or something. Oh, yeah. so all of these shows take place in some timeline then. Something All three of like that. I I I really can't remember the Simpsons Futurama crossover now. I'm gonna have either. to watch it so that we can tie this all together. That's that gonna might have be a to bonus be a special episode. episode. For yeah. the Patreon. <laughs> for... We're starting a Patreon tomorrow, everybody <laughs> sign up. Just to put up one episode <laughs> and then nothing else. Okay, I was very excited by all that and I'm glad that I caught it because we would look like buffoons if I hadn't been watching. We've barely even gotten to the A plot and we're halfway nope. through the podcast. Yep, we haven't yep. even really gotten to the A plot. Okay. Come on uh, now. 
the professor <laughs> returns. He thinks everything is fixed, and uh, he gives everyone the week off. He says, let's stop pretending we do anything around here, which I thought was really funny. Um, so everyone is kind of going off to their separate family dinners, except for Bender and Zoidberg, who are left alone at Planet Express together. Um, we see, like, the professor has gone to his chalet in the Bronx, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> the Bronx, apparently in the future, is like a mountainous, <laughs> like, Aspen-type situation. <laughs> and uh, we see uh, the Wongs and the Croakers having their first Christmas together. They're taking a photo. Hermes and LaBarbera are limboing with Dwight. And uh, Leela and her family are making asbestos angels in the sewer. Ah, <laughs> oh, the asbestos angels got me. <laughs> yeah, did we like all these little Christmas setups? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like I like the picture of everybody's individual family Christmases, like yeah. getting to see how they celebrate the the instantly changing sweaters that the Wong family had. <laughs> yes, that was funny. They had a remote just... control for the sweaters. Yeah. Um. I, I want to give a compliment to the writers and the character designers this season. These Croker kids are fitting in seamlessly. They don't feel forced. I'm not like, oh, they added that annoying new character. It's like, yeah, I'm glad that Kiff and Amy have these kids. And they're, great. they're voiced by a voice actors who already work on the show. So it's just like more work for the voice actors. It's I'm not like, a yeah. poochie situation. It's not a it's poochie. It's an anti-poochie situation. <laughs> it's the anti-poochie. <laughs> Um, um, so, oh, gosh, what happens next? Bender and Zoidberg are so mad that, well, first of all, they get drunk together on Dumpster Nog. <laughs> and blitzed off the fumes. <laughs> yeah, just the fumes. And, I was a little uh, mad that Zoidberg did not have his girlfriend, but I've already discussed my feelings on this. I hope she comes yeah. back at some point. I hope she does, too. Um, but what a huge blow to Bender. Like, Bender is part of the core three, and he gets left behind with the the Jerry, the Gary, the Larry, <laughs> <laughs> the Zoidberg. And, <laughs> and the I mean, I like that they have a little bit of a, they have some bonding moments in this while, you know, still getting the the roasting of Zoidberg in there. But like, oh my gosh, for Bender's confidence, <laughs> what a blow to his ego. Leela and Fry being together is really changing things. It is. I, New I really liked Bender's rejection of Zoidberg. Just, no, no, <laughs> no, no. At the oh, risk I'm of sorry, sounding you, negative, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they are but so I, jealous I, of everyone. They decide, you know what? This future where uh, Santa is nice, it's not working out for us. We're going to go back in time and make him naughty. And this is where it went a little off the rails for me. Because they don't go back to the same Christmas that the professor was at and deprogram him once more. They instead go to the previous Christmas and just physically kidnap Santa. Which was very strange. And then they accidentally murder him. <laughs> There's a lot of accidental murder in this new show. Everyone's just murdering like crazy. Yeah. What I did like about this stupid thing is, is it set up for the detail of... we We've seen this a few times. Oh, it's one of... 
I think it's in the what if machine when Leela makes a car out of Bender. Which we now know is canonically in the future of future. <laughs> Shut up. But they hide Santa by just using his parts as things around the office. Well, we're jumping a little ahead because there's an extended montage of them trying to dispose of his body, which is also very dark. They try and drown him in the Hudson River. They try to melt his body with acid in a Breaking Bad parody, which was pretty <laughs> shocking to me. And uh, uh, they I, also, uh, what else do they do? They try and meat grind him. Yeah, they try to meat <laughs> grind the- him, but that just is Zoidberg's claw. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine later. Don't worry about it. Uh, another one of my favorite jokes is when they're trying to drown uh, Robot Santa. And it says 50 pounds, and Bender just writes with a Sharpie another zero. Like, adding numbers makes the weight more heavy. And I was like, ah, such a Hurricane Sharpie moment. It was funny when the cops showed up, and they were like, hey, we're just dumping toxic waste. And the cops are like, yeah, I guess you got to put it somewhere. somewhere. (laughs) You got to nuke something. So, uh, back, back in the present, we get a montage of these Christmases. And by the present, I mean the future. You know what I mean. Uh, we get a montage the of these Christmases. Everyone is making their different turduckins. Um. <laughs> the turduckin thing I did like. It was pretty funny. It, it goes with the, like, Christmas palm trees in the future. You know, like, how traditions Pine, yeah. manifest. You know. Um. I do like the showing the ridiculousness of the layering of the food and it's like how how absurd can you really get and they delivered like what is it four different four? versions of the same there was joke. the 3d printed one there was the uh Maybe five the free range the, kid up too. the free range one was certainly the funniest because we go down to the sewer <laughs> and we see that after seeing all these artificially made turduckins there are just wild turduckins <laughs> running around the sewer and uh Leela says, are they hard to catch? And Leela's mom says, no, they crave death. (laughs) (laughs) She opens the window and the turducken boils itself alive. (laughs) It was so crazy. I really laughed. Yeah, because they're genetic mutations. Every moment is pain. (laughs) I liked liked how when they were displaying the turducken, like, round table... They all ended up in this, like, turducken human centipede moment. (laughs) Oh, it was a human centipede! Yes. (laughs) I also liked the gag of um, Kif's turducken being turtle. (laughs) Yes, a turdolphin. A turdolphin. What what part smells like whale ass? Then they bring out a bowl of whale ass. (laughs) (laughs) Really good. Really good stuff. Turdolphin. I thought the 3D printing of the turducken was going on a little too long, but then um, Fry's like, okay, I'm going to go to the other party. Do you have any skis? And the professor says, no, but I can 3D print some for you. And he 3D prints chicken skis out of liquid chicken. So stupid. (laughs) Um, I love the way that the 3D printed turducken looks in the end like it was made out of Legos. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So everyone realizes they've left Zoidberg and Bender out of their plans. So they they decide they're all going to celebrate together back at the office. And this is realizing that. Uh, Bender and Zoidberg are trying to dispose of the body still. So after all this time of wanting to spend time with their co-workers, now they're trying to keep them out of 
Planet Express. While they hide the body parts around the office. Okay, so next part is... (laughs) Professor... Well, Leela kicks on the door. She does another hi-ya, which I like. Um, And Santa's head is like a punch bowl, and his body is the fridge, and Bender has installed one of his legs on his body, so he has three legs, which was a dick joke. I mean, it just was. Can we all agree that was a dick joke? Absolutely. Sure, it works as a dick joke, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Professor realizes... No, yes. Yes, this is where the Professor realizes his mistake. When he went back in time, he pulled a Fry's grandma... Fry's own grandpa and <laughs> made the future what it is you know like he is the one who turned santa naughty it would have been fine had he not done this yes and herein lies another time paradox because it's another chicken or the egg thing because right no no he because he i don't know it's like he's the <laughs> inciting event so when he goes back to try to stop it, he act that is what causes it. Right. He's so, the inciting event. <laughs> so this is to me more proof that they are going with the multiverse type of scenario because if you are existing in the future to be able to do this, you have to it has to affect the people that are in the past living this timeline simultaneously. So it's like yeah. the future and the past are both happening at the same time. There's got to be some universe hopping here. I think it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> it it just is. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> I miss the days of the Slurm Queen. <laughs> uh, they reveal that uh, back this, in my day, we only had one universe. We, we didn't have all this time hopping business. We had a Slurm Queen and we liked yeah. it. So this yeah. is what... This next reveal kind of brought me back on the episode because I was like, that was a little crazy. Did they even know what they were doing? And they revealed that some of these time inconsistencies with Bender and Zoidberg's B-plot were because Zoidberg didn't go to the past Xmas. He went to the next Xmas, which would have just been a few hours later and kidnapped. (laughs) So right as they're being assailed by Santa... Bender and Zoidberg show up at the time machine and they save everybody from Santa. Yes. Is everyone cool with this? <laughs> from the evil Santa that yes. the professor So even though it created. makes my brain hurt, it does prove to me that they weren't just doing random things. They had a plan and it, I know, it made but me it like this. It makes my brain hurt. I want to. <laughs> do you want me to draw it for you, Jinx? Do you no. want me to do a little whiteboard drawing where no, I do arrows and I want circles? That, I want through <laughs> exposition and writing for it to be made abundantly clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> I anyway. felt like there was so much going on that when they dropped this, I was like, wait, was I supposed to be paying attention to what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Santa. Santa reveals he's not really dead because Leela's drinking punch out of him through a straw. <laughs> he starts talking, which scares Leela, and then Leela sips up the spilled punch with the straw. And she's such a booze hound. She's this out of control. She goes, she goes ah! <laughs> the, 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 the like urgency with which she sucks up the alcohol. They're really leaning into Leela being a problem drinker. I kind of like season. it. 
It's time so, for her to have a flaw that's not just her big feet. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of wraps up the story. Uh, the Santa bot's still alive. He'll be back whenever they do an, another Xmas episode. <laughs> And um, yeah, that's kind of the end, except for we get a, and I'm, it's very fortunate that it seems like this was how they were going to end the episode anyway. We get a song from Coolio uh, as Kwanzaabot and kind of uh, sends off a, a loving tribute to a character that I assume they will just retire. I don't think they're going to recast Kwanzaabot, nor should they respect Coolio's voice performance. Um, Kwanzaa yeah. died with Coolio. Yeah, <laughs> Kwanzaabot did die with Coolio, and then, um, uh, yeah, I guess Kwanzaabot yeah. died too. Yeah, <laughs> and then R.I.P. Coolio, uh, and that's that's all for the episode, I think. Yeah, R.I.P. Yes. Coolio. Now, Final thoughts on this episode? Like I said, I have an aversion to Christmas episodes, not just in Futurama, just in general. But I thought this was a pretty good one, even if. It made my brain hurt. <laughs> I have See, no strong feelings one way or the other. For me, what really made me be like, what was the point of this episode? Is they came back and spent a good portion of time being like, ha ha, I blackmailed you into hanging out with Zoidberg. Oh yeah, that was weird. Friend. And it's like, okay, you you kind of set that up as being a thing in the beginning, but like... That was, this was like a big joke payoff moment that you never developed through the story. <laughs> wait, just to clarify something, and Michael, thank you for bringing that up. Did, wait, so is Santa good now? Because the professor turned know. his thing? Because he was know. like, I, I, he used the chip on the back of current day Santa Bot's head as an example to say, I don't know. <laughs> Overall, I liked it. Um, do you want to do the questions now? Mom, do you want to do the thing? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, let me ask you something. All right, Michael, we have compulsory questions we ask every guest. You may answer however you like. Now, first question is, of all the characters you are aware of in the Futurama universe, who do you relate to the most? Oh, probably Leela. (laughs) Probably Leela. I understand that. It's a a popular choice, you know? Yeah, Yeah. you know, she's, like, figured out how to fit in among regular people, even though she's a mutant. (laughs) And so she's got this, like, hidden in public view sort of thing going on that not all mutants get to have. And I feel like that's, like, you know, I was was able to be friends with the popular kids in high school, but I was never a popular kid. I was just, like... Fucking weirdo, Michael. Um, so that that was definitely an uh, identifying thing, and like you know, I as as one of the leaders of a production crew, and like keeping a crew <laughs> in line, and keeping being one to like put out fires and handle shit, and and be like, you know, sometimes you see things Fine, done. I'll sit on the dildo. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you see things done, and you were like, I don't, I don't know who thought this was ever a good idea and i just like <laughs> how did we get here leela uh, is a very popular answer but you are the first person to focus on the mutant side of leela most people do focus on her um her boss energy but her girl uh, boss energy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but she doesn't want to have to be 
boss all the time, which is also something yeah. I like about her. She does it because it's like a necessary role. Because if she doesn't, her friends tend to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that, uh, do I hit the mom? Yeah. Okay. That just raises further questions. All right. Similar question, but out of the entire Futurama universe of all the characters that you know, who would you do? That's tough. (laughs) That's tough. I mean, please give this question the thought that it deserves. (laughs) You know? I'm going to have to go with mom. Right? Ah! No, mom. For the same reason that I would fuck Martha Stewart. (laughs) The power? The power and the, like... You know what? If you get to like, if you're having sex with mom, you're doing something right. Because <laughs> she doesn't like anybody. <laughs> you're in a very exclusive club. Yeah. I was not expecting that, but I yeah, love yes. that answer. Also, I think zap, I love zap. that answer because I identify with mom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Zap's, yeah, a, uh, Zap's another one that comes up more than you would think. Uh, a lot yeah. of people want to fuck Zap, or at least recognize the part of them deep down <laughs> in their soul yeah, that like, desires I want to fuck Zap, but I, I have accepted that I probably <laughs> will have. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I don't want to fuck Zap, but I already have in the future. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the final question. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Wait. That just raises further questions. <laughs> the final question is, now that you've had this experience watching this episode, will you continue watching Futurama? Absolutely. There are two episodes left, it would seem, after the Christmas episode that I haven't gotten to. When you asked me to do this podcast, the Christmas episode was actually next, so everything <laughs> is falling in the Sympatico. <laughs> yes. So, overall, how do you feel about this new season as a as a long time uh, Futurama fan? How do you feel about the new season? I like it. It felt true to what we were doing with Futurama previously, but also it didn't feel unaware of its current position in time. And so, (laughs) I I feel like it is it's moving left and right in time. Yeah, exactly. Well, the. I think the last episode is called Zap Gets Cancelled. And <laughs> I haven't wait. seen it haven't seen it yet, but you know, there's it's uh even the title alone is a commentary on the culture that we have all experienced as of late. And Zap is probably the most cancelable person <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> well, there's that it's funny that they keep bringing him up throughout the season in little ways they just keep saying his name mm-hmm. but um but we haven't had the zap centric episode um this whole season has been very prescient especially considering the fact that like everything with animation happens like a year or two years in advance um so for the for the finger to be on the pulse <laughs> with the constraints of animation. It's very impressive, and I'm excited about Zap Gets Cancelled just to see what they do um, 
with one of the least likable characters of this one. Oh, but God, he's just, he's such a himbo, which is why he's so lovable, too. Yeah. He has just, some great he, he lines. Fi- he fills a very specific niche. So if there's yeah. any part of you that desires that. You uh, have you know what, like, to have someone everyone can universally hate. I grew up watching original Star Trek with my dad and my uncle and my family, right? And he is William Shatner's character all the way. And it is just funny to take somebody that is, or take a character that is aware of itself, unlike William Shatner, (laughs) and make it have all of these experiences. That was a really solid William Shatner burn. That you could just, He's one of our biggest listeners. I think, I think... He supports us a lot. I love him so much, but it's like, you know, you work with a lot of actors where you're like, wow. Only I've heard you nothing don't but horrible you things oh. <laughs> um, George Takei hates him. That's what. That's actually probably my favorite Hollywood feud is George Takei and William Shatner. That's the next Ryan Murphy. It's, it's the next. Oh yeah, a feud with George Takei. Serious. <gasps> who, who would play George Takei? We can't fan cast this right now. That's also on the Patreon. Mom, um, and, and the and the episode. I'm going to do it, Michael. Do you have anything you want to plug for our listeners listening to you? Usually I'm just plugging myself, but uh, I uh, go just go to michaelvegas.com and check it out. You can find a link tree there, which has all sorts of ways to get a hold of me. If you want to see the movies that I have been making, go check out uh, ASG Max. Go check out adulttime.com. <laughs> my, my content goes so many places now. I'm like, where do you find it? Um, watch the movies we make. They're super cool. <laughs> Also, and... uh, to all you, I'm air quoting over here for you listening instead of watching. <laughs> for you straight people, put something <laughs> in your butt. You'll feel you'll you'll be happy you did. Everybody, <laughs> you just gotta find the right size and textured thing. Try a couple <laughs> things. No, the texture is really important. I got a I got a um, obsidian uh, yeah. piece recently, and it's just so much better than like um, the latex or it's not latex. You know, whatever that rubbery stuff is. I just have to say, I just have to say, the the moment I fell in love with Michael Vegas when we were first getting to know each other was he said it was one of his life's missions to spread the word to straight men that it feels good to put things in your butt. And I thought that was a really noble life mission. Because yeah, baby, not, I know it. It's not just about putting things in your butt. Once you open your third eye, Everything can be open to you, Michael. I love you, uh, Michael. Thank you so much. Thank for you joining so much us. for having me on the podcast. Fabulous guest, and yes. um, taking us out. This is, Jinx doesn't know about this. Um, we have a Christmas remix of the Futurama theme song, or the Forty Percent theme song, uh, uh, of course, originally by Michael Abbott. Um, this is by uh, Rascal Ray or um, Ray Lose. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce their name, but they're a musician in Seattle and they sent us a Christmas remix of our theme song. So let's play it out now. Thank cool. you, Rascal Ray. Go follow until- them on SoundCloud and stuff. <laughs> until we see you next time, go watch the movie Annabelle and you'll see Michael Vegas in the very first <laughs> section of the movie. Yeah, in, That's in, pretty funny. Annabelle Homecoming. I am the the 
just the boyfriend having a bad time because there's a fucking haunted doll in the room with us. <laughs> I could not believe it when I saw that. I was watching Annabelle Homecoming on a plane, and then I was like, that's the guy I check off to. What's he doing there? <laughs> anyway, thank you again, Michael. And thank you, listeners. We'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode. Until then, have a futuristic day, everybody. Stay tuned for a tale of holiday hilarity. I'm 40,